And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, you are now tuned into anything potable, the most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause, like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the hospital, like Antoine when he shimmied after shots went through. So tell me why you mad even? Your team gonna be sad leaving after matching up with Brad Stevens. Each season, champion contenders. We drop twice a week like you trying to guard Kemba. <laughs> your team whack and your players whacker. I got the inside scoop after hanging up with Jay and Packer. Okay, we about chips here. I'm talking about this year. Banner 12 plus 6 here. Fast PP. Top rookie, I'm saying it now. Ain't playing around with Tatum. Brown. We off the charts, but you gotta play it market smart. Close out, cause he pulling up from Harvard Yard. Gang green, it's no other way. So tune in to the pod if you plan on staying up to date. You heard? Hey, <laughs> Jay, I, I see you, man. She. Welcome to the Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sam Jam Packard, professional sports fan, and I am joined, as always, by the kid, the god, the legend himself, Celtics beat reporter from The Athletic, Jay King, ladies and gentlemen, and we are coming to you at the end of the 2020-2021 Boston Celtics season. The Celtics lose in five games to the Brooklyn Nets. Losing game five, 123-109 in what was, I would say, a generally confusing game five that kind of felt like a preseason game. Um, Or a summer league game. Yeah, not a lot of energy there tonight. Um, The Celtics played it close. They were kind of in it for most of the game until... Obviously, the fix was in from the NBA referees. James Harden gets called for his fifth foul against Evan Fournier with about eight minutes left to play. It gets overturned after he clearly elbowed Fournier in the forehead. And then the Nets hit three threes in a row and the game was over. But at no point did I really think the Celtics were going to win this game. Did At no point did I think the Celtics were really going to win this series. Uh, it just was kind of the, the conclusion we all thought was going to happen and other than that, I don't know what the big takeaways are from this game. Jason Tatum finished with 32 points, uh, ended up averaging 30 points for the series. Had a big game from Romeo Langford, who scored 17 points, his career high in, in any game. Um, but I don't know, Jay, what was your what was your big takeaway from uh, game five of Nets Celtics? I mean, what it came down to was the Celtics were going to have to make a lot of shots to beat Brooklyn and, and just didn't. And, you know, the people were on Twitter mad at Marcus smart for taking a bunch of shots early. Like who else do you want taking the shots? Fournier took 17 shots. Romeo Langford took 12. 
Like the other options were Jabari Parker, Grant Williams, Peyton Pritchard. Like Marcus Smart was the second or third best offensive player on the court for the Celtics. And so that's that's the difference. Jason Tatum is making kickouts to Jabari Parker and Romeo Lankford, and James Harden is making kickouts to Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Joe Harris. So what are you going to do? I, I thought the biggest takeaway of the post-game press conferences was that to the end, the Celtics thought differently of themselves than you did. Uh, Not me. I always liked them. Yeah, but like they just they they faced the reality of it, which was that they probably didn't have enough talent in the first place. They were never healthy, never healthy enough to to get chemistry, um, never healthy enough to to have a real chance. And so, while everyone else was super frustrated with everything going on. I think they were working toward getting to a place where hopefully they could enter the playoffs and give themselves a chance with a full roster, and they just never got there. Um, so I, I think everyone involved thought it was a very frustrating season, but I think for the Celtics players, it was for very different reasons than than probably for everyone else. I, I just think they thought, you know, that that this was just a really really tough season in a lot of ways, um, and Brad Brad Stevens though. And he was right, said, still, there's enough information, plenty of information to show they need to get better. And they do. They're not good enough. They wouldn't have been good enough if they were healthy. Um, but they certainly weren't going to be good enough with three starters down. I think Marcus Smart said it best. It's hard to be consistent when you consistently don't have everyone there to be consistent. I mean, one, just an electric quote from Marcus Smart uh, after the game. But I think it did shape up um, for the entire uh season just no matter like they had a very slim margin for error and then they had players miss the entire year i don't think we should get into a full season recap pod right now we will do that later in the week so i guess we'll focus on this game and then uh, was a lot of comments uh post game we got five or four different players five different we'll do, players speak. We'll do a little discussion of the future tonight well, we can Nobody discuss the future. About game five. Why, why well, the fuck would, you, would we just talk about game five? It's not just game five. I was going to limit the most it. boring playoff game of all time. It was pretty boring, and we, we're not going to just focus on the game, but I don't think we need to rehash what's going to happen in the entire offseason. We can focus on what was said after game five by um, – it was interesting. You don't, you don't normally get five guys after the game, but Kemba, Marcus Smart, uh Fournier, Tristan Thompson, and Jason Tatum spoke after the game, and just like it was much more substantive questions than I think we've seen the rest of the, or at least this series. Uh, I guess it's the last time we'll talk to those guys. They're not going to have exit interviews like they do every year? Sounds like we won't get any players for exit interviews. What's good? We need to ask Romeo about his 17 points. There will be no asking Romeo about his 17 points. All right. Well, then you're the media man. What was your biggest takeaway from um, the five press conferences that I guess served as their exit interviews? I thought it was. Uh, I guess I'll answer. Let you answer the question before I just go into my answer. I think one takeaway was Kemba Walker was just very sad. Like he he was really upset that he wasn't healthy. Um, he thought that he was getting healthy and thought that the the plan for strengthening his knee was going to work. And then he said it was just an unfortunate incident in game two, didn't think it was related to the the other issues, which if that's true, would probably be promising news. Um, but obviously, like, he's been playing for two years straight, basically. Um, 
they had the NBA hiatus, but guys were still working out, like trying to stay in shape, get ready for the the latter half of that season. And before that, it was Team USA. You had a full Hornet season. Like he's just been going nonstop, and his body could probably use uh, a break um, and a break that that's not like he went and got an injection and has to recover. Like he should be able to get back on the court pretty soon and and work on some things. And but they need him. That's the biggest question to me in their off season. And moving forward is what do they do with Kemba and how how is he and can he stay healthy um, if he still is in Boston? So that's it's a huge, huge, huge question to answer. And I think you know, I, I just feel bad for the guy because he really is a, a really competitive guy. And he was looking forward to his first chance to be, play in the playoffs in Boston. And it just never worked out for him. So just I, I actually feel bad for the guy. Yeah, he and he just uh, for a guy who's famously always has a smile on his face, he just looked pretty down after the game. Obviously, it's like asking a bunch of I guess depressing questions, like how disappointed are you that you didn't weren't able to do this? And so he's not going to be cheery about it. But I did think it was interesting that he said the knee issue. He kept on referring to it as an incident, um, which was just odd phrasing. But he said it was not related to his previous knee issues; just a separate bone bruise, which I guess is a Good thing. And when asked about um, kind of if he plans to rehab the knee or, or what that like, it, it sounded like he didn't like think he had to go through the same kind of strengthening uh, rehab he went through. Yeah, last it sounded like he, he hopes to play back to backs next year too, and doesn't want to go through that same type of shit. So, well, that's that's huge for the Celtics, just because if you like Kemba Walker is going to be a huge part of just their off season strategy and whatever they do moving forward, and I think. They were right to not play him in back-to-backs this year because they needed him to be healthy for the playoffs, and it's unfortunate it didn't work out. But if he didn't have the bone bruise, you'd think it would have. But they also, because of the condensed schedule, they had more back-to-backs this year. But they clearly, given how tight the Eastern Conference was, they could have used him in the kind of the 10 to 12 games that he missed because of not having the back-to-back. So if you're going to be paying him $30 million a year, you're going to want him to play over 70 75 games and so I thought that was an interesting takeaway from uh, Kemba for Marcus Smart he mentioned that it was just a tough year personally and he mentioned that he uh, due to COVID had personally lost three to four people in his life um, which is just really sad news and I think there's been kind of rumblings about Marcus Smart's just personal life and kind of him dealing with all of that uh, kind of off the court stuff this year. And I never really had a clear sense until this evening of what that exactly was, but that's just would weigh on anyone trying to play a kind of a difficult basketball season. And I was just kind of struck by uh, how difficult that must've been for Marcus for the entire season to kind of go through that having lost four people in his in his life and still trying to kind of play a basketball season that was um kind of just eye-opening when he said that in his press conference yeah and another reminder that you don't really know what's going on behind the scenes a lot of the time with these guys and that they're probably dealing with a lot more than you think um but yeah i mean another takeaway from his his press conference is he was asked you know does do the celtics need to basically make big changes um, with the approach they take. 
And he said, like, just kind of try to pump pump those breaks a little bit and said, we've been to the Eastern Conference Finals three of the last four years. And I think he's right on that. Like, obviously, the Celtics want to do more than that. Obviously, they want to go to the finals and they want to win the finals and get another championship. But it's also important to keep in mind that, like, they've had a lot of success with a lot of the faces that are in the building right now. And they just need to be better. It starts with Danny Ainge. He needs to build out the supporting cast. He needs to just surround Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown with guys who can accentuate those guys and guys who can play mature basketball and be ready to to play mature basketball all the time. Um, and then they need, you know, some of their young guys, whoever's still around, to to take steps forward. Robert Williams needs to stay healthy. Um, Peyton Pritchard, Aaron Neesmith, Romeo Langford, those guys need to make strides. Grant Williams. So there's a lot to figure out for the Celtics this offseason. Um, and and like they all said, like it was it was just a very tough season, a very unfortunate season in a lot of ways. But but they still need to to make changes. Um, and I think most of those will come to the roster and and then come back and hope that some of the young guys, including Tatum and Brown, get better over the offseason. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Giorgio Armani Aqua Di Gio Parfum, a long-lasting and deeply intense men's fragrance that captures the powerful sensations of nature. The woody aquatic scent features notes of bergamot, clary sage, and patchouli, which create an intensity that is vibrant and aromic. Discover more at GiorgioArmaniBeauty.com. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I thought it was interesting how I think when anyone... Brad and then the five guys who were interviewed were just kind of talking about the young guys. There was some young guys they mentioned and some guys they didn't. And it was like, there's the clear guys that you're building around Peyton Pritchard, Neesmith, Romeo. I think some people threw occasionally threw Grant in there, but he clearly wasn't like the, the main core of this team. And I think, I think there's like the star core and then there's those young guys. And a lot of credit was given to Peyton Pritchard uh, and, um Neesmith and Jason Tatum said that like this game game five was probably the best we've ever seen from Romeo Langford 
I would have to agree just in terms of his um, defensive ability. Like he had a really like nice plays and has had to show an ability to guard players like Kyrie Irving all the way up to Kevin Durant. And then if he's able to knock down even just a semblance of the threes he made tonight, I think that's just shows a huge potential for Romeo Lankford um, moving forward. And he hasn't really gotten a chance to have an off season. Really neither has Peyton Pritchard, neither has Aaron Neesmith. I thought Brad's comments about that are just like, they need to get better. They need to have an off season where they'd make strides, but this is like really their first chance to kind of get that growth um, and so I thought that was just an interesting is like, there's three guys who were mentioned pretty much as a, when talking about changes, uh, pretty consistently is like guys who you expect to be here and kind of contribute next year. And it was Pritchard, Neesmith and Langford. Yeah. I, I never know how much to take from that. Cause it's, it's while you're answering a question, you're just listing guys. It doesn't always mean They didn't a talk lot. about Tremont. They didn't talk about Shemi. Yeah. I mean. Would you? No, I mean I just did, but I probably if when talking about the post game, um, anything else from I guess Evan Fournier was asked about becoming a, uh, he's now an unrestricted free agent. Tim Bontemps immediately asked him about his free agency. That was funny. Fournier is like right, right into it, huh? Fournier, um, I thought it was interesting from him as he's still kind of suffering from COVID stuff and just talking about how shitty he felt and there's still times where he like was losing focus and I just don't think we have a full grasp of how difficult it's been for some guys to recover um, from COVID and it sounds like he's getting healthier and is getting a second shot but I couldn't really get a read on on his desire to come back I felt like he said a lot of things about like great organization but I would need to focus on playing for France in a couple weeks, which is wild to me that anyone would decide to uh, play in the Olympics. Jason Tatum was asked about it. I think he kind of said, yeah, but no thanks. I don't think he's going to end up playing in the Olympics based on no information at all. But I didn't – could you really get a read on, like, what do you expect Fournier to do heading into this offseason? I think it will probably depend on money. Oh, yeah, money, eh? <laughs> yeah, like – and I, I, I believe him when he said he uh, – Appreciate his time with the Celtics. I'm sorry, Dame just tied this fucking game again. <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, I, I believe him when he said he liked his time with the Celtics and called them an A-plus organization. I also think that he could probably look around and be like, where do I fit in here if everybody's healthy? Do I want to come off the bench? Do I want to – will I get enough touches? Um so I think probably a lot of it, though, could come down to money. Will the Celtics pay up enough? Will they – how how willing are they to go into the luxury tax and how deep into the luxury tax are they willing to go? So they've also, got some questions in that regard. Um, I mean, there's not a lot those, of great free agents this year. Like the free agency class is uh, – like everyone thought it was going to be Giannis, but you look at it uh, – I was looking at it today on another podcast, not here to argue with uh, Tyler. I am please subscribe, but there's not a great uh, free agency class. And so teams will have some money to spend. And so I don't know if like the Celtics are going to be able to match the money uh, that Fournier could make. So I think it'll be interesting to see um, what his offers are and whether or not he wants to come back. And he's, if he comes back, he's basically signing to be, they're six man. Like there's not a starting role for him on this team. If everyone is healthy 
And it's like, how much does he value winning and how much does he uh, want to be on like a, a kind of a, a role player on a, I, I guess, a, a pseudo contender or maybe contender rather than being uh, what he's used to for his entire career, which has been a star or a star on the magic. Yeah. And I think that's important to keep in mind. Like there aren't many teams winning teams that he would go to and be the go-to guy. Like, it was that case in, in Orlando, sort of. I mean, Vucevic was really the go-to guy. Um, but as far as perimeter guys went, it was him. But how many situations are there like that for him? Um, and, he, you know. He could go to the Knicks. They certainly need some sort of offense. They, they could use some offense, yeah. Yeah, but Celtics, to me, it's like, the, the, I think they have questions about their supporting cast not not least of which is how much how much money are you willing to pay that jason tatum's extension is going to kick in and and their their roster is going to get very expensive so there's a there are a lot of decisions to be made and and especially after this season like does ownership want to pay up for a ton for a team that that may never be good enough well that was a question i think Gary Washburn asked a number of players of like the East is pretty stacked right now. The Nets aren't going away. The Bucks aren't going away. The Sixers aren't going away. What do the Celtics need to do to kind of reach that tier of players? And I don't know if there's an answer other than hope Jason Tatum continues his kind of rise to becoming an MVP level player. Uh, Tristan Thompson said he ex- kind of expects him to be an MVP one day, but uh, given the kind of where they are salary cap wise and where they are with the current roster, uh, I feel like that's that's the only thing the Celtics can do uh, is just hope that Jason Tatum, he showed that he can be the best player in a game, in a playoff game, as he was in game three. Um, it'll be interesting to see moving forward if he can become the best player in a series. But I think that's all they have to do really is like we've seen with the, the Lakers right now, they're getting smoked. Uh, AD is hurt like you if you are within a, a sniff of contending, I think you have to put your best team forward and you like injuries happen. Upsets happen. Like we saw last year with Miami and the bucks. Like they, I think the Celtics have the talent if they're all healthy to be in that top tier. I don't think they would be favored uh, with all those teams, but I think they're like right there. And so I think they have to kind of just go for it because but, I don't but really they also see have a lot of guys. Are. They also have a lot of guys who are health questions. You know, Robert Williams, he's, He's had iffy health all along. I think Kem- Kemba his Walker. extension is going to be a huge question this offseason. Kemba Walker, he he's had iffy health. Um, so those are two but, very uh, like, very important you... players that that you don't know about. Um, what do you do then, with about that? Then the player? other part is Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Like it, it's annoying to talk about their extensions. You know, the end of their contract and what they could do at that point. But you need to build a contending team around them. Right now, you know, Kemba is in his 30s. He's probably not going to be a part of that. Um, Marcus Smart could be a part of that. Like, is Evan Fournier going to be a part of that? How many pieces from this team are going to be a part of that? So there could need to be an overhaul of the team by then. And and when do you start that? Who do you go after? And so they have to keep all those questions in mind. Like, this season shine a light on how far away they are um 
and especially how far away they are from a team like the Nets. And obviously, if Jalen had been healthy, that would have been a totally different series. And I think you you could convince yourself, like Tatum and Brown, not even convince yourself, Tatum and Brown are two great building blocks to have and two young building blocks who have each improved substantially over the, the course of their young careers. Um, you can feel very comfortable with your franchise in the hands of those two guys while also acknowledging there are many steps to go for both those guys and the rest of the roster, especially the rest of the roster, um, to build a championship contender or a team that like isn't just a fringe contender like like they were last season, you know. Um, so there is a lot of work to do. There's there's a lot of work to do, but a you, lot of work. You can see with Philly, like if you put the right pieces around two really great players, then it. It, you can change the entire look of a team in one year. And and that's what Philly did. You know, they went out and got the right type of supporting cast and it made everybody look better. It made Embiid look better. It made Simmons look better. It made the coach who's new, but it would have made Brett Brown look better if he'd been there. Um, so it, it's not impossible to make, make two players look a lot better just by changing the pieces around them. And Tatum and Brown looked very good this year anyway. So there's a lot of questions about this offseason is what to do with Kemba, what to do with possibly Marcus Smart, what uh, Robert Williams extension. I believe you and I will probably be talking, having this same conversation for the next probably three months. Um, and so no need to have it again today. I'm not I'm calling it off, calling audible. We're not going to have a potable six pack because I just don't know if there is six things to talk about from this game. I do want to mention this Kyrie Irving quote from after the game talking about his Brooklyn Nets team. He said, we're uniting the whole world with this championship run. So I hope everyone is with us. We're uniting the whole world with this run and stick with us, baby. And just a beautiful, wildly naive and ambitious and incredibly delusional quote from Kyrie Irving, the king of hoopla, the hoopla king one of the more divisive people in terms of a guy who just stomped the logo, the special paint on the court, but he is uniting the world in his championship run. I just thought that was a, was a perfect response from Kyrie. People were upset that the Celtics were hugging him after the game because people are idiots and don't realize like that's what the NBA is, but uh, fantastic stuff from Kyrie there. I also want to point out that Tristan Thompson is a man of incredible comparisons. I mean, he, he he made me think of Tommy Heinsohn, R.I.P. Tommy <laughs> Heinsohn. He, he made me a little sad because some of the comparisons he made, he said for Tatum, this could be like when LeBron got to the finals and lost to the Mavericks and learn and learn like what's well, he was talking he about like LeBron's to. like specific post game and then like Katie getting to his spots. Yeah, still, <laughs> still. Um, and then he said Robert Williams is could be like Tyson Chandler. Uh, so which one didn't make sense to me because I think of Robert Williams as much more of an offensive player than defensive player of the year potential. But who am I? I Tristan Thompson plays against him every Tyson day. Chandler was a lob catcher too, man. That that man caught caught many lobs in his day. But yeah, just an electric. I, I kind of wanted to just ask Tristan comparison after comparison, like oh, <laughs> go through the entire roster. What, and what, give do, you me a about, comparison. what do you think about Shemi? What do you think about Shemi? <laughs> well, you know, I see a little Giannis in him. Uh, what about Tremont? Young Kyrie. He's got core vision. He's got Steve Nash. Young Kyrie, maybe Steve Nash. Uh, 
you know, I, I wanted to go through the whole roster, but but I unfortunately was, there were time constraints. I was pretty hard on Tristan Thompson this entire year, but man, can't wait to get into the uh, locker room because that man gives an electric quote, just a, a fantastic interview. And so kudos to him for um, willingness to swear uh, in media conferences and uh, just uh, doesn't really have a filter. Um, that's that's fantastic. That's going to wrap it up from us tonight. We'll be back later in the week to talk about all these offseason questions, all of the answers, all of these things. Um, that's what we do here on Anything is Potable. Thanks to the people out there in YouTube land for watching us live. Thanks to everyone who subscribes to the podcast and uh, gives us five stars, downloads the podcast, listens on a regular basis. We really appreciate it. And Jay, I was curious, um, in 1952, when Adelaide Stevenson decided not to use television commercials in his campaign was that potable? Who the fuck and is anything that? Anything is potable. Am I supposed? As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code The Athletic, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.